0: You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. And a man can't work hours and come home to a wing. Thanks for downloading the Two Sorry Excuses podcast, recording live via via the internet. I'm your old pal, Sanders.
1: I'm your good buddy, Liv.
0: And if you are keeping score at home, this is episode 131, the Chris Rock edition.
1: Yes, sir.
0: The long-awaited sequel, part two.
1: Well, a long awaited and... for us the the <laughs> listening audience doesn't know it's long awaited. That's true. <laughs> That's true. I'm going to release
0: it like a uh, like a like a not a double album but a but two separate releases back in like I don't know when 88 89 90 something like that. uh Springsteen released Lucky Town and oh man all the all the Bruce Springsteen fans are, are screaming into their into their iphones right now i don't remember it was lucky town and and another album he put out two individual albums basically at the same time on the same day
1: Um, well dave chappelle just released two netflix specials and and i watched both of them one seems like it has to be from like last march you know okay and the other one seems like it has to be from 2015 and they were just released like in the past like few weeks on netflix okay all right uh so there, so that's you know, what, there's precedent like that all right so that's what the uh, two star
0: excuses army is going to get they're going to get a mm-hmm. uh a twofer in back-to-back episodes which uh which will run congruent as last week um we started to talk about your long awaited um uh, much anticipated chris rock concert you you'd bought the tickets you had bought Better tickets. You sold some tickets on Craigslist. Um, You almost those that almost fell through, and then finally, it's showtime. And then we ran out of time. Can I tell you
1: something about the tickets, though? Yeah, about the secondary market. I did want to mention this to you, so I didn't get to see what tickets went for right before the show, you know. But I know, like the day before, or whatever that they were. You know, people, the ticket prices were depressed because there were so many tickets out there. But I'm pretty sure because of what happened at first night that it bumped up the market for the next two nights.
0: So you had tickets for the first night? Yes. Okay.
1: Which there were like loads of tickets, although ultimately it looked like the place was sold out, you know? Sure. Like I didn't really see. I don't recall seeing empty seats anywhere. You know, there was even like a single sitting next to my buddy. You know, we had two tickets. I was with my buddy, Jason and, and there was a cup next to his seat was an empty seat. And then there was a couple sitting there. And then a guy came in and sat there alone, you know, which is weird.
0: You know, man, I think that's weird too. A a buddy of mine goes to a ton of shows. He went to see Eric Clapton, um, the other night, uh, Apparently Eric Clapton is is on his last tour. He's having some medical issues and he can't really play anymore. So he's doing one last tour. And my buddy just went into Madison Square Garden on a single.
1: Yeah, it is. You'll go see weird. Bruce
0: Springsteen shows on a single. And I have no problem I and mean, we've talked about this before. You'll yeah. go see a movie by yourself. I'll go see. I always see a go movie see movies. Myself.
1: But like a comedy um, concert or something like that seems like something you want to go see. Or even a music concert. It seems like something you want to have somebody there with. Yeah, even if That's it's kind like of You're a probably random... spending a little bit more money on it than a movie, too, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: One of, uh, one of the first times I hung out with Jay Bailey, we went to go see David Spade at The Shine. And we didn't know each other all that well, but yeah. like a comedy show is a good thing to like go with somebody that you don't really know well because you're going to sit there and laugh and you know, find out. You know, if you got the same kind of sense of humor, and two, yep. like you don't want to go alone. So, like you're 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 pairing up with a guy who's in a similar boat. So, and you yeah, want to laugh kind of with somebody.
1: Like comedy yeah. movies are even better to see, even though I've seen lots of comedy movies alone. It's definitely better to see one with people. You know? Yeah.
0: No, you're absolutely right. It's
1: more enjoyable to laugh together. You know?
0: You're absolutely right.
1: I mean, like, I don't know. I guess. Well, I really think, my real take on that, as far as movies go, you can go see a drama, some bullshit all by yourself, no big deal. But movies with like, you know, where you get lots of emotions out like that, seems like something better with people, you know?
0: Yeah. Like has, yeah. a
1: funny movie or like a scary movie or something. Yeah,
0: because you, know? hey, you make a connection. The, the movie brings out a visceral reaction that connects, yep. you know, the audience. So, yeah, yeah, so I buy it. Was this the the guy you went with? Did you buy the tickets with him in mind or was he just a guy? No,
1: he, he, that day, uh, you know, Saturday rolled around. I didn't have anybody to go with, you know? And I mean, I, I was like, well, I'm going to find somebody. And I went to this show the night before with my buddy Ganye I think I told you that, you know, um, And next day, you know, I was like, dude, do you want to go? He's like, oh, I don't know. I might have to go help my brother down Homa, where he's from, like 70, 50 miles away from here or whatever.
0: Down in the bayou.
1: uh, Yeah. Literally down the fucking bayou. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. When people say down the bayou, that's one of the places they're talking about. Okay. All right. Terrible parish, you know. That's down the bayou. got it. Uh, So uh, he's like, but holler at me in the morning so in the morning i text him and he's like oh man i'm already in fucking uh homa i was like oh all right man i tried somebody else and then i got in touch with my boy jason i didn't think he would go because you know he's married with a kid he lives on the north shore now and you know i don't think he generally gets to do spontaneous shit you know and he was never really that great about doing spontaneous shit anyway, but, like, especially with, like, a wife, you know, because he's, he's kind of a pussy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right, all right.
1: Uh, he's like, oh, you know, uh you know, this is all in text, but I'm talking like we had a conversation. I'm doing voices. He's like, oh, I don't really feel so well because the night before actually had been – at some fishing camp with all these men's club guys, you know, because okay. he's involved with these men's club dudes. I know we talked about this before. Yes. Right? right?
0: That this rings a bell. This
1: rings a bell. Yes, yes. And then I text him back. I was like, "Dude, it's Chris Rock," you know. And then he was like, "All right, how much of the tickets?" I was like, "Don't fucking worry about that, you know, because he would have paid me. He probably would have given me all the money, you know. I don't think he would have backed out because of the price." at that point, the money was already sunk. I, the cost was sunk. I don't give a fuck, you know? Yeah. I paid that right. bill off a few months ago, uh, and I never get to hang out with this guy anyways. I was just kind of psyched that he actually did want to go, you know? Yeah. So we ended up going to the show, but what I was saying about the secondary market, you know, like, I know the prices were depressing that one, but I did look at the tickets the next couple of days out of curiosity, and of course, they seem to be having more robust prices, you know? But... But it's like, you know, you're a fool if you're gonna pay more on the next day thinking Dave Chappelle's gonna show back up,
0: right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, well, all right. So to not bury the lead, I don't know if we if we even revealed that if we revealed yeah. any of the details of the show. So you go into the show, yeah. Um, so you guys not- do anything? It's a Saturday show. Do you do anything before the show?
1: Not really, because. The fucking fantasy baseball draft was going on. Originally, we were supposed to start at 1 o'clock my time. But, of course, you know, one of the the guys in the league, he lives in Atlanta, and he's got kids. You know, we had all agreed on one, or I thought we had all agreed on one. Apparently, we didn't. Um, Weeks before, because they were like, what's a good time to start? And generally, that's what time it seemed like. We started that shit before anyway, around that time. And it's plenty of time to get it done and move on. And one of the guys is, like, the guy in Atlanta, you know, he's got kids. And he's like, "Uh, I got, you know, he has two kids. He's like, one kid's, he might have more than two kids, but he definitely has two kids that are playing youth sports, you know. And one of them had, like, a t-ball game at one, and then the other had a lacrosse game at three-something. But this is all Georgia time, too, you know. Right, right. All yours time zone, you know. Yeah. And, um. Uh, he's like, "Can we push it that time?" I was like, "Oh no, that's not gonna work and then i I angled to get it like two forty five you know my time <laughs> or whatever you know right uh, because he wanted to do he wanted to hold off until after the friggin lacrosse game and all this shit. I was like, I can settle on that, thinking we'd get it done within a certain amount of time, but you know you got three or four guys who are drafted." on a conference call and the rest of the people, you know, six or seven guys plus guys who aren't even playing the league are all just hanging out at this camp getting drunk, you know? So it's really dragging on. Like the first round went pretty quick. It was like, oh, all right, this will get over in time. And then it was like, I'm looking at the time and my buddy come, I was like, get over here around five o'clock. Cause the show was at seven and they were like, uh, doors open at six, you know? And, uh, he gets over here. And we're still doing the draft, and that, and there was like a special round that we had to do. It was going to be like twenty third, twenty fourth round, or twenty third round, or something. And like I had a whole bunch of picks early on. Then I didn't have to do anything for a while because I had a bunch of picks based on trades, you know. So Oh, uh,
0: st- it's like a dynasty league.
1: Yeah, like yeah, it's a keeper league. Keeper stuff, league. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and like I had traded so many players for higher picks, so. Like in basically between rounds, like 14 to like 20 ahead or 21, I had no picks. I'm just sitting around waiting for this. And finally uh, I'm looking and, you know, stuff's moving slow. And I was like, dude, can I just make that special pick? in the next round that I have a pick and then y'all can draft for the rest of me. Cause there's only like three or four picks after that. And, you know, rounds 23 through 25 or whatever the fuck it is don't really even matter. You know, yeah, right, right. Like those are the type of guys you might be getting rid of in a week anyway, you know? And, and they're like, all right, all right, so we got the hell out of here. But we get down there, and we go in there, and uh, first thing I, – I had known this anyway because I saw it, and I ticket master, But I would never actually dealt with this service before. And they're like, all phones are going to be locked up. You will keep possession of your phone. But, you know, you will not be able to use it. Um uh, You'll not be able to use it while the show's gone on. I was like, okay. And you walk in there and everybody's, you know, metal detector and you got to take out a phone. They put them in like these neoprene sleeves, you know, and then they put it over, you know, they lock it with like, you know, it looks like the type of locks they use, like maybe like on clothes, you know, at the store. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and you, now you got this big clunk, of a friggin' like neoprene bag thing that you're like doesn't really fit comfortably in your pocket, you know. <laughs> that you got to walk in there with, and you can't use your phone at all, you know. Make sure your phone's on vibrate or off or whatever, you know, because you know if it's ringing, you're not gonna be able to do anything about it. Right,
0: you're the asshole. Uh, yes, yeah, so everybody you, will when, know it.
1: Yeah. So we get in there, and I go get a drink. Because I'm like, you know, I haven't had any, I, I think I had a beer beforehand. So of course you want to have like a drink in, you know, when you go to a comedy show, you know?
0: Yeah. You I got like a
1: double, yeah. Got like a double makers and soda or whatever, you know? And we go sit down and then the, but the show really didn't start till 7.30 something. Probably because, you know, they probably built that in, you know, no. They told everybody the gates were going to open at 6, shows at 7, but they know how it's going to work since they got to lock up everybody's fucking yeah, phone. Yeah, of course, of course. You know, because they don't want anybody recording this shit. Apparently, Chappelle does it all the time because he even mentions it in one of his specials, but Chris Rock, I'm, I'm sure he's doing it for the, you know, for this tour because, you know, I'm sure it's tied to a special. You know, he doesn't want to undercut his fucking product, you know, with assholes recording this shit and putting out the internet and stuff you know
0: yeah and it makes sense and 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 comedy's such a such a unique genre right like
1: uh it's a, a unique a, genre a mute what's that it's a unique genre yeah you can't modify unique sorry <laughs> what are, what what <laughs> You know what I find people
0: really enjoy about, uh, about the podcast is when we're just kind of going along. And then, and then there's a you know there's a, a questionable uh, misnomer or a questionable diatribe um, that you um, will quickly point out and grind the, the train to a halt. Yeah. You know, people go flying to the front into smash their faces into the seat in front of them they're like oh thank god cuz you guys were actually on a roll i'm glad liv stopped the podcast to correct your grammar <laughs> <laughs>
1: sorry it's one of my pet peeves uh, you know what it's my up pet there pe- with people that spell lose like loose yes, yes what i'm doing is your pet peeve apparently well that's great
0: yes because my pet peeve is any pet peeve of yours <laughs>
1: <laughs> no just every time i you know because i had a english teacher pointed out years ago sure like maybe an eighth or ninth grade and i was like that's true either something's one of a kind or it's not Yes. You know, there's no degree of uniqueness. That is, because that uniqueness is, means on its own.
0: Yeah. Um, and if it made for great content, I would say awesome. Yeah. Uh, but guess what? It doesn't.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to piss you off because we could have uh-huh. just kept and You could have let my stupid uh-huh. comment just go. But yeah, apparently correct. you weren't able to move on. No, it was not. It was not. We've got All ourselves. Right. Let's talk about the. Such a unique uh, art of
0: stand-up. <laughs> We've got ourselves in a Chinese uh, handcuff, finger cuffs situation here. Where... I actually
1: think <laughs> this is Fredo's favorite part of the podcast. What's that? The derail?
0: The inevitable yeah, derail? Yes, yeah,
1: the derail. Yes. Very good. He'll probably Very send good. me a recipe for pizza based on it. Um...
0: <laughs> so you're in the uh, – you're, you're, your phone's locked up. You You're jacked up or you're – your maker, maker marked up. Yeah, Get, you're getting ready you're for the show.
1: Explain about why you understood about not recording the show too. Yes, the mercurial yes. nature of stand-up comedy.
0: Yeah, right. You don't want once that a joke is a joke. Yep. You can't unhear the joke. It's yeah. like a concert where you can appreciate the same, you know, song or rendition of a song. And the intricacies of of each live performance that's that's not how comedy works. So I get it. I don't. I would yeah, never yeah. begrudge those guys. And even if it means the show starts a half an hour later.
1: Yeah, I mean it. It was fine with me. Like I went to see Louis C.K. on February first, and you know there they were just strictly enforcing it, like walking around. You know, if you had your phone out and telling you to put it away and shit, you know. Yeah. But that takes a lot more. You know. It takes a lot of energy to do that. This is just a – I guess it's a better system if not uh, a rapid system, you know? Yeah, and it's distracting.
0: Uh, I'd, I'd prefer to take the time uh, yeah, and I have know, to go through Yeah, I wish this they house. did that at
1: movie theaters. You know? Yeah. You know how annoying it is when people are keep fucking around with their phone, even if they're not talking on it, seeing that light pop up every fucking five minutes like when you're in a movie? it's just in your, your, like, maybe your peripheral vision, you know?
0: Yeah. And to be Uh, honest, uh, movies aren't that much cheaper than comedy tickets these days. So it would be totally worth it. Yeah. To preserve that experience.
1: Yeah. It's just like, oh, I was at this movie a couple of weeks ago. I was at Kong. And I went with people. Well, one person I know in friends of hers you know and this girl sitting next to me who i don't even know and she just kept fucking looking at her phone the whole movie and i want to be like motherfucker what do you have going in your life that you need to keep looking at your fucking phone at nine o'clock on a fucking tuesday night you know are you emergency room <laughs> position <laughs> you know, seriously you know like and if that's the case, don't go to the fucking movies. But I know she wasn't. It's just, it's just fucking that shit. So it's actually cool that they did, it, you know, but the funny thing is, you know, like when you go to a movie, what's the first thing you do? Like when you take your seat before the movie starts, I you know, my you phone. probably, exactly. So like we get in there and I go sit down first thing I do, I go pull my phone out and that's It's like, Oh, well I forgot. I can't do that shit. You know, it's just such a natural reaction.
0: What time? Yeah. What time did you guys get to your seat?
1: Oh, we were in our seats before seven o'clock. You know, yeah. like six. It wasn't that bad. The thing is, I think the reality is probably a lot of people probably didn't know that system was going on because I wouldn't have known it had I just bought my tickets and never had to sell the other ones. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's only something that popped up later on when I was looking at Ticketmaster. You know, I would just print them. I would not know anything. But most people. People thinking, you know, a lot of people down at that show were tourists, too, you know, and and people are even if you're not tourists, you know, everybody is just there just thinking most people don't arrive in time to sit down, you know, like, you know, it's it's just like when you go to movies. I always get early to the movies so I can have my pick of seats. But how yeah. many times when you're in your movies, like even when the movie begins, motherfuckers keep coming in for like 10 minutes, you know,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: They got all these people. They don't care about that shit. So I'm sure that's what slowed down, but I'm sure they had already taken out a cut. Yeah, it's a seven, but we probably won't get on for a while because people aren't going to, you know, there's going to be lines because it takes a lo- long time when you're taking everybody's phone, putting in a little sack, you know?
0: Yeah. And, so not uh, only are you prepared for it, you don't care because you're going to have a couple drinks and talk to your buddy.
1: Yeah, exactly. I'm with him. We sat there talking for a while before the show. And, um... Jordan was actually there with his wife, too, that night. And I talked to him about later on. He was talking about some couple next to him that was people bitching about the show not starting on time. And, and I think his wife might have even complained about it. You know, and it's like, <laughs> like who the fuck cares? It's a Saturday night. You know, it's, right. it's, it's I don't know. You go to concerts and they never start on time. You know, it,
0: it's not a guns and roses situation where you're supposed to, you know, the, 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 the eight o'clock is the curtain and they don't show up to one thirty in the morning, play two songs yeah, and I then mean, walk it, off,
1: you know? Exactly. And it's not a musical either. Like, like a play or something's, it's going to start not long after the time says, but this is real art. Like this is. This is like going to a concert. I mean, it's a it's a standup concert, but it's like going to a music concert. You got artists out there; they're taking a the fucking time. Yeah, of you course. know, of course, that's just the way it is. Deal with yeah. it. Yeah. So anyway, finally, you know, the lights go down because um, they weren't going to stop. I even looked around; it was like seven o'clock, and most of this there were shitloads of empty seats. You know, and it's like you know uh, that that's what it has to be. And they're not, they don't want to start a show when there's hundreds upon hundreds of empty seats and it's obvious, you know? And, um, and even like in front of us, there was like six or seven seats all in a row that weren't even taken, you know? Uh, but anyway, seven, it's around seven thirty-five or something. The lights go down and Jeff Ross comes out and I'm psyched because, you know, it's Jeff Ross and I've been wanting to see him anyway. I was like, Oh, this This has already made the show worth it, you know? You didn't
0: know he was opening.
1: No, I didn't know he was opening, you know? Is he from New Orleans? No, no, Jeff Ross is from New Jersey. He is? Yeah, Jeff Ross is like the pride of fucking New Jersey, man. He never, the last time he'd been to New Orleans, because I follow him on Twitter, and one of the reasons I follow him on Twitter is because I like to see if he's ever coming down here, you know, because comedians put their schedules on there, you know, when they're going to do shows. That's how I found out about Chris Rock, that's how I found out about the ill-fated Adam Sandler show, you know, <laughs> is is by that type of stuff, you know, um, which is good because it gets your heads up on buying the tickets, beating everybody else to the punch, you know, because comedy shows aren't as bad to get tickets for as, say, like a really hot uh, pop, whatever the biggest pop sensation or some shit is right now put on a concert, which I don't even care ever to see, right. you know? Um, but, yeah, uh,
0: Jeff, uh, Jeffrey Ross lift Schultz. He's 51 from Springfield, New Jersey. I, I I wouldn't go so far as to call him the pride of New Jersey, but, uh, he is, he is definitely from New Jersey. Live I know and learn. he
1: represents it hardcore. There's even like a, uh, a comedy central stand up special i think that has about jersey in the name or something you know all right From like 10 years ago or so probably it's an old one um so i know he's not shy about bragging about his jersey roots
0: you know all right which i can which i can respect i don't i don't necessarily find him funny i understand the appeal and i get the artistry behind his his humor i just don't i just don't like it because I don't. I'm a I'm a golden rule kind of guy, so I would never liked shit talking. I never liked roasting.
1: Okay. Therefore,
0: I'm not very good at it. So I don't. I, I don't find enjoyment in watching that that type of humor. Like I get why he's funny, and 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 I know that he's funny, and I understand why you think he's funny, but I just don't pay much attention to him.
1: Yeah, I, I get you. He's not your cup of tea. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that's like, there's all kinds of stuff like that. Like, I have no clue why people find that TV show Workaholics funny. You know? You ever see what? that one?
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you.
1: I was like, is this fucking, what comedies would come that just like, fucking, it's not It's not even like Chicha Chong. It's just the fact that they're stoners is funny. You know? Right. like Like, you know, it's this is what it's boiled down to, you know, whereas Cheech and Chong were funny guys who happen to be stoners, you know?
0: Right. Right.
1: (laughs) Now it's just the fact that they're a bunch of potheads. It's funny. Uh, (laughs) the lazy humor, but he comes out. So I appreciate him. You know, he brought people out, and of course people are still getting in their seats because you know, they're assholes like that. And that's when the guy came up, walked up to the stage, uh, Obviously some rich douchebag, you know, and he's, you know, cause he's sitting in the front row and Jeff Ross is like, uh, Hey, Spicoli, how's Ridge, How things at Ridgemont high, you know? And, uh, and it goes, like, oh, all right. And he's like, I actually met, met you before I know you. And he's like, what? And he's like, I met you with Bill Simmons at an LA Clippers game. And he's like, he's like, all right, this isn't your podcast. Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, you know, he's obviously some wealthy dude who got these tickets probably from a casino or probably from Harrah's or some big hotel downtown or some shit. They sit in the front row at this concert, and he said he met Jeff Ross with Bill Simmons at a Lakers game before, you right. know, or a Clippers game or whatever the fuck it was. It might have been a Clippers game. Who knows? So, but but anyway, so he he sat down, whatever, and then he does his routine. He like six people on the stage, you know, they picked out of the audience, you know, he's like, who wants to be roasted? And people were raising their hands, you know, and he fucked around with like six people, you know, he did, he did, yeah, you know, standard routine. He did regular jokes too, you know, not just all roast and stuff, you know? Um, so how does he roast somebody from the
0: audience? Just ask them questions like, Hey, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a, you know, I'm a meeting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Here. Yeah. Like, Oh yeah. What do you do? Where are you from? You know? And they're like, there was some guy up there. One guy up there, he was like a heavy set type of dude, like a stockier, pill guy. And he's wearing like, uh, he had like a striped polo shirt on and a pair of shorts. And he's like, he's like, so, uh, how are things down at the quarry, Fred? You know, <laughs> 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 fucking around with the guy. And this dude had been in that, uh, and it's funny because he was making fun of this guy because he wears shorts. And earlier, like, before he brought these people on stage, he ranked on some guy right away uh, who was wearing shorts in the front row. It really blows me away at people, the way people dress to go to shit, you know? Um, yeah, you know, like, there's some guy sitting in the front row, and he's like, um, he's like, hey, man, he's like, glad to see you wore- you dressed up tonight wearing the shorts. He's like, I can see your testicles, you know? He's- fucking around with them um and obviously that's a problem with comedians because i saw david spade a couple of years ago at a casino in mississippi and he was giving somebody in the audience shit about that about wearing shorts in the front row you know like you couldn't wear a fucking actual pants to this yeah
0: <laughs> see that's interesting so uh you know if i was around here and I was going to see a concert or a show or, or you know, definitely a play. Um, I put some pants on and, and a nice shirt and, and, and look nice. But I'm trying to think when I was in Vegas for my honeymoon, we were in Vegas for 10 days and we had tickets to a bunch of shows like Chris yeah. Angel, um, you know, uh, what Cirque du Soleil. And I'm trying to think. Like, did I have, did I wear pants?
1: Probably because not. It's Vegas. And I'm on vacation, you know? Well, and that's the thing about New Orleans. Like that guy on stage, that the Fred Flintstone guy, he was a dude that was down here uh, with a bunch of buddies of his from college. You know, I mean, I think he was way past college now, but old college buddies, you know, from like Boston stuff. You yeah. know, tourists act like jamokes. You know, yeah, they dress yeah, like totally. jamokes. Totally. You know, it's like they're expected to act like that. You know, because I know it's you hear stories about these fancy restaurants down here always have problems with that shit. You know, where people come off the street in shorts and t-shirts and shit, looking to get service like in a four-star restaurant. You know. Yeah. You know, now that I think about it,
0: we were there in December, and we did. We went to a lot of nice restaurants. We did a lot of stuff. I'm sure I I, I probably had pants on, but if it was in July, no no chance in hell. No chance. Yeah, of no, yeah. I would have definitely had sur- shorts on.
1: And it was funny because before the show, are you going, are you going rabid, Sanders?
0: <laughs>
1: well, these guys feel the same way I do about about you know proper attire
0: at Jeff Ross concerts. Yeah, <gasps> hey, guys, come here. Yeah, they're pissed off at the debt.
1: Yeah, he was roasted. You know, he roasted. There's a woman. He was roasted. You could tell. You could. We were. You know. We were in row S, you know, and it's alphabetically lettered from A to S, you know. Uh, so we're not that far away, but still too far away to tell how old somebody is. That's got a bunch of makeup on and shit. Yeah. So there was this woman up there and she was dressed like in a slinky little like cocktail looking dress type of thing, sparkly thing, you know, and okay. he was talking about he knew she was old based on what he was fucking saying to her, you know. He's like, boy, you're a hot number. He's like, You must have been really big before the internet, you know? <laughs> and he's give her all kinds of shit. And she's like, he's like, who are you here with? She's like, Oh, with my husband, you know, and and he's like, Oh, him, that guy right there. And we couldn't see who the husband was. Uh but you could tell she was like pretty attractive looking, you know, yeah, just sure. from far away. But but you couldn't tell how old she was, but you knew she was old because what he was saying. At the end of the show, we were outside, out in front of the theater as everybody was coming out, standing there, and I and we saw them come out. I was like, oh, that's the broad and the husband. And uh, uh, the lady looked like she was probably in her 50s now, and the husband looked like he was at least 10 years older. Okay. I'm sure, you know, he was. she was still his trophy wife, but I'm sure it's his trophy right wife for, like, the last, like, 20-something years or something probably, you know? Right, right. So it was, that was pretty funny. But – um. But about the shorts thing, you know, dressing proper attire before the show, you know, before my buddy came over here because he had to drive over like an hour away to come here, he's like, uh, he's like, which I wear jeans and a collared shirt. That's fine. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm gonna wear, you know. So he comes over and we we're walking into the theater. Uh, right in the, right when we get in the lobby, we see like a group of like meathead looking, not meathead, but just like a bunch of like bros or whatever old buddies okay. you know because right. i wouldn't really call them meatheads but they're just like you know type of guys you see at a lot of comedy shows sure. you know they're not meatheads they're just bros but they're all dressed like slobs and t-shirts and shorts you know and overweight dudes you know <laughs> and i mean i used to be one of those uh really overweight guys so i guess you could have made fun of me back then but overweight dudes like even a guy fred flintstone guy on the stage they love wearing shorts, I guess, because you're always fucking hot when you're obese, you know? Yeah, well, um, the other thing is that I've, I've
0: come to realize lately, um, length. So when, you're, when your waist is disproportionate to your length, and you might not even have this problem because you're, you're tall and you have long yeah. legs. When your waist is disproportionate to your short legs, it's very difficult to find a pair of pants that have the right length. And then if you do yep. find them, uh, and then maybe you get them, you know, they never sit right, you know, cause they're always, yep. you know, kind of underneath your belly or whatever. So like shorts alleviates that problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're not you're uh,
0: stepping on your cuff.
1: years ago. There was a, there was an onion article years ago, like in the last decade. And it was, uh, I don't know. It might have been State College, Pennsylvania, as the byline or whatever. It was like uh, <laughs> overweight student plans on wearing shorts through December or something. There was a picture of, like this fat guy in shorts, <laughs> like, overweight college student. And I was thinking about the dudes you would see at college that were wearing shorts. You know, the guys you'd see at Cirque, he's still wearing shorts. Well, after the time for wearing shorts was done. <laughs> there was a kid, my freshman year,
0: I forget uh, his name. He lived in Brewster Bowen. He wore shorts yeah. the entire year, the entire winter. And he wasn't a fat guy. He was just a regular guy, but he yeah. wore shorts. And his excuse was that he was from California. Which made zero sense to me.
1: Yeah, that's that makes zero sense to me because what you want to be is, you know, freaking all layered up if you are from a warm weather climate. Right,
0: you're not predisposed to the cold, so y- you're more affected by it. Um, but he said he was, you know, he wore that and he was comfortable and that's what he did. I went to law school with a guy who didn't wear shoes anywhere because he was from
1: california or barefoot everywhere did did you they used to be a, a hippie guy who was like an academic advisor yes in the hall of languages yes. i know that guy. you remember that guy he'd walk around campus barefoot with the uh with like the walking stick and he had that wild crazy long hair yeah, he had he had dreads didn't he i don't know if they were dreads but his hair was like it, it might, maybe it was, might just be mad at Cause he was like an old hippie dude, you yeah, know? Yeah, no, I remember that guy. He was there for a while.
0: Yeah. He was like some type of, yeah.
1: Cause he was like a, he was like in his fifties when we were there. Oh
0: no, different guy. I'm thinking of a guy who was in his late twenties.
1: Oh uh, no, th- this was an old dude. Like he had, he, he probably been in Syracuse for a long time. He worked in the hall of languages. I think he was an academic advisor and he'd come out and he had, a, you know, he'd walk around the campus with like a walking stick you know, like a staff, you know, probably a six foot long walking stick or something and barefoot, you know, I think he'd concede to wear boots in the winter, but if the weather was, you know, if he could get away without wearing anything, he would friggin' walk around barefoot, man. Crazy. So, so anyway, like we walk in and, and I told we see those guys There's like a group of four dudes, all like in shorts, looking like slobs, <laughs> looking like I would feel embarrassed if I was at at this theater dressed like that. And it wasn't like, you know, unless it was like some kind of concert or some shit, you know, like some type of that called for that type of garb, you know, all right. Um, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know what I'm saying? I do. I, I, I do. Think of something shitty like. Something shitty, like if it was Limp Biscuit playing in this theater. You could see loads of dudes wearing shorts, you know, some shitty band like right, that, right. you know? Uh, but not for this, you yeah. know? Uh, I was like... <laughs> I'm not only going
0: like, to disparage the- your dresser, I will also disparage your music.
1: ah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're not a biscuit fan are no, you
0: no no not at all
1: um, not at all all right good go ahead go ahead because that sucks but <laughs> and they're probably lucky somebody's talking about them, you know in the year 2017 <laughs> fred durst you know um anyway i was like see man you could wear whatever you fucking want and you know, that's he's, like, he's like, but my biggest fear is gone somewhere and not being dressed appropriately. You know, like he's like, I figure like if something where I think I might have to wear a jacket and I show up and everybody's not wearing jackets, I can just take the jacket off. I was like, yeah, I get you, man. Because because I have that fear, too. Nothing's worse than the feeling of being out of place, yep, you know. Yeah. But I guess you don't feel out of place if you're with three of your buddies who are all dressed in. Dressed like this dude in the Onion article. Yeah. You know, (laughs) like that on Saturday night, who
0: gives a fuck? You know, that's kind of their attitude. And listen, they're, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. But to me, it's, yeah. But like, you know, over a certain age, too. You know, it's like these guys are like in their 30s or something. I don't know. I just feel like that's something I wouldn't do at this point in my life, you know?
0: Fair enough. Um, Fair enough.
1: You know, like if it was a daytime thing and you're hanging out, that's cool. But then later on, I... But then again, I don't know. People have different priorities in life. You know? There you go. Um, there you go. Yeah. It limits where you can walk into. There's all kinds of shit. Problems that come with wearing shorts, even though I love being comfortable. Um, but by the same token, I don't like to dress up a lot. So I don't go to a lot of places like that because I don't want to deal with it. You know? But, um, But anywho... So after Jeff Ross was done, Eric Andre came out. Do you know anything about Eric Andre? Maybe you've Googled him since we've spoken All about right. it. So we spoke about it and I was like, maybe that sounds
0: familiar. And then I remember watching, uh, uh, he's got a show, maybe it's a YouTube show. He does like uh interview style kind of show, but really funny
1: thing. You say that it's on adult swim and he said it's basically a glorified youtube show. Okay, all right. <laughs> Cuz it is only like 7 or 8 minutes long and it does it, there's not a lot of set
0: to it. It's a desk and a yeah. chair and the Very person comes out of a, you know, just like a, a prop door. So it's not real elaborate. And what it the best way I could describe it to somebody asking me if I had ever seen or heard of him him, i'd say he's just a he's an elaborate well-developed troll that's how i would kind of describe his comedy
1: yeah he kind of is like i i i was describing him not that i've seen this anywhere but i was just thinking i i described him as an absurdist yeah okay you know all right you know but like troll yeah that's basically like you know, yeah. He's definitely – like, I don't watch the Eric Andre show because I watched it a couple times and it's kind of hard to fucking watch. Yeah.
0: See, no – You agree with that? Y- well, I've only watched the one and I couldn't get through it. It was it was horrible. Yeah. I, but, uh, I don't remember yes. who was on it. And if, you, if it was eight minutes long
1: – I even have a Boris because he often has him on, on on it with him, you know, like sitting in the – sitting in like the Ed McMahon chair a lot of times with him, Oh, uh, well, that's like –
0: that's like somebody at least who can keep up with him, You know what I mean? Cause Hannibal Buress yeah. is a comedian one and two, he's sharp and funny. I, I, he had somebody on like, I want to say Lauren Conrad from, from L- the Hills or,
1: Oh yeah. The people who bring out actually as guests. Sometimes I see it. I've seen episodes on them. Like, why is this person on this fucking show? Yes. See, I, I,
0: I don't mind absurdist comedy. Like, I see. I don't think Reggie Watts is particularly funny. Um, he's another one of those absurdist guys, but I mean, you, you, you put Andy Kaufman in absurdist comedy,
1: Andy Kaufman. He was, I guess he, yeah, he was an absurdist, but I loved Andy Kaufman, but you know what? I don't know if I was, if Andy Kaufman would have had the, uh, platform that's available to people today, if I would have liked everything he did. Yeah. Um, But the difference, I think, between a guy like
0: Andy Kaufman and and, and Eric Eric Andre, right? Andre. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um,
0: Is that Andy Kaufman, the, the joke was that you might not be getting the joke, right? Yeah. But it wasn't at your expense. The joke was out there, and if you didn't get it, well, that was the joke. With Eric Andre, the joke is whoever the subject of his ire is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's he's using that person. And in the case that I saw, you know, whatever Lauren Conrad, it was at her expense, and I don't think that's cool. you don't have to be yeah clever. You don't have to be smart to just make somebody feel uncomfortable. And that's yeah. what I. That was my impression. So I turned him off after yeah. five minutes. What is, what's he like live?
1: I mean, he's still absurd. You know, I actually thought he was pretty funny, funnier than I expected him to like be. Like Jokes and stuff. Because I'd never seen him actually do stand up. You yeah. know. Okay. But hey, I'll say this much: that really wasn't a good crowd for him. Although I think you know, I know he was with him the whole weekend. And I don't know how many other shows he's been on this tour with Chris rock, you know, cause he probably has been in other stops with sure. him, but I tend to think he probably rarely plays rooms that size because he, it is such niche humor, you yeah. know, yeah. like it's very limited. Like the adult Swim show. I mean, how many people are watching that? Yeah, show? You have to want you know? to
0: go to see him. Is yeah. how I would think he is well received. Yeah,
1: exactly. And so, like, a lot of people really weren't enjoying his shit, you know? But but he... But I was laughing at some of his stuff because I was laughing at a lot more stuff than the other people. My buddy enjoyed it a lot, even though he had never even heard of Eric Andre before. Because uh, he's married with a child, so I guess he just doesn't get to see fucking Adult Swim even, you know? Yeah. But, um, but it was pretty funny, you know? Like, he you know, like he had made some stupid jokes about blowing friggin' marijuana in a baby's face or whatever. And everybody's like, <gasps> and then like, and he's like, I'm joking. I don't really fucking do that. You know? And he, made, you know, like the audience, cause it was, you know, there was a lot of older people too. and pe- Like they weren't ready for the shock humor. Cause people at this show aren't there for like shock humor, right, you right, know? Right. They're there for Chris rock. Yes. Um, you know, and it but like one of the first things he does is, it, you know, he's like he's like, how about who likes marijuana? You know, because you know he's a pothead, you know. Everybody's like, and so he gets a big cheer, of course, because that's the type of shit that always gets a big cheer at something like that, you know. Yeah. And then and then he goes, huh, I'm a narc busted!" <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> and it was funny because it was just so like. Like, (laughs) it was just ridiculous. So he did, like, 20-something minutes or whatever, but you could tell he was having a rough time with that audience because it just wasn't, you know. And a guy that I know from high school, like, he was commenting back and forth on Facebook with me about uh, how, how Eric Andre was, and I was like, yeah, well, I was like, I enjoyed it, but I think that room was a little bigger than he ever plays, and he's like, yeah, he's like, I get that he's like I saw him at um what's what I called it one eye jack's, which is a club and a quarter, you know, which is a lot smaller, like it's a f hundreds of people type of venue. Yeah. And he's like, Yeah, I saw him there. He's like, that was more like his because everybody coming to that's there to see him. Of course, yeah, of course. You know. You know, playing as an opener in front of uh two thousand plus people that are there for like a contemporary, you know, standard you know, mainstream comedians, kind of a different ball game, you know. Uh, but anyway, so they take an intermission, you know, like we're going to take like a 20 minute intermission, which, you know, first time I had ever seen that at a comedy show, you know, but and I figured it's a big tour, you know, since it's a big Chris Rock event, I guess they're doing it like that. They're going to drag it out, you know. Um, So we go back out, get another drink and we go in the seats and then finally the lights go down. Again, you're like, good, finally, Chris Rock's going to come back. while well, walks fucking David Chappelle, and the crowd goes fucking bonkers, you know, and he got like a friggin' standing ovation, you know, it was like going on for like five minutes, people gone nuts, you know, because so, nobody expected that
0: Yeah, shit. so that's my question. Honestly, the last thing I know about David Chappelle before you tell me that he's opening for Chris Rock is that he quit his show and went, you know, on sabbatical. Right. And what the reason yeah, and that was
1: like 10 plus, that was over 10 years ago too. You yeah. Know?
0: And I wasn't a huge fan of his show. Um, just, I, I was 10 years ago. I was living in the Caribbean. So like I missed yeah. it. Right. But I do know, and I've seen him and I know he's funny and I think he's funny, but I just, I wasn't part of, of that, that whole, um, that whole movement. You know,
1: so yeah. what's he been doing? Like, I'll say this much too about it. Um, I, I straight up, I used to watch the show and I liked it, but I didn't, I, I didn't put Dave Chappelle in the same category as rock Chris rock. In my opinion, you know, like I, like when I bought these tickets, these guys from the friggin' fantasy league were bitching. Like oh, well, you should just go to David Chappelle. He's better anyway. I'm like, fuck you. No, he's not. You know, because I still believe that, you know? Like, because I'm more of a Chris Rock guy. Sure. You know, and I like the Chappelle show, but a lot of times it was kind of, some of the shit was repetitive, you know, and not in the best way. Okay. You know, and, um, you know, I mean, I don't know why he quit. I mean, I guess he says over a contract dispute or some bullshit, because he realized he wasn't getting as much money. But at the time, I thought the reason he quit was the pressure to come up with new shit. You mm-hmm. know, because you know that's got to be fucking difficult. You yeah, know, no, absolutely. And like, and um, I mean, he started going back on tour a couple of years ago because he played New Orleans. He came down here a couple of years ago, and and I really didn't have, you know, he played like two or three nights, and people were going nuts. You know, to get the tickets, and I'm like. I don't really care to see that. You know, like it wasn't it wasn't like Louis C.K. or Chris Rock coming to town as far as I'm concerned. You know, Okay. Like like he just doesn't. And I guess I don't know, because a lot of people my age were gone gaga about that. I was going to say maybe it's people that are younger than me. I do think it is a lot of people younger than me, which is odd because Chappelle's actually older than me. And he's probably your age, actually. You know, so it's not like he's some millennial comedian. I just think that his audience is more inclined to be millennial for whatever reason, right. you know? Um, and I mean, I, maybe that's just because his, um, and it probably has a lot to do with the fact that his show, that his success came in the early two thousands, you know, like Dave Chappelle wasn't a big deal till the Chappelle show, you right. know? Um, which what that came out like in 2002 or 2003. Two thousand three. So put him, yeah, yeah. So he's like in his mid to late twenties at the time. Well, I guess we're in late twenties at that point, 15 years ago. If he's like 43, he was probably like 28 or something when it came yeah, out. Yeah, So he's
0: the exact same age uh, as I am. Okay. He's born in August of 73, yeah.
1: November. And his, even though I remember him from being in friggin' Robin Hood men in tights, because he was, you know, he had an early start. You know, like he was a kid when he got into the comedy,
0: you know? He yeah, he was um He right. Um uh, Mennonites Um what was the other one he did? Um we're all the Stoner guys.
1: Yeah, half baked, but that was the one that came out like probably, that must have come out like in '97 yeah, or something. Yeah, ninety eight. No, eight, all right, yeah, because Jim Brewer was in that, and that was when Jim Brewer was actually a decent deal because he had been on SNL. Right. Yeah. And then 2003
0: was, was 2003 to 2006 was Chappelle's show. That was the entire, I was in Curacao the entire time.
1: Okay. Okay, yeah. And that's, you know, in... Like it was it went from half baked to a few years later finally I guess he must have been torn around, then friggin' Chappelle Show came out. And that was like the next time you really heard of him, you know? Between half baked and whatever, as far as I'm concerned. Um But I'll say this much, you know, I mean I will give him credit though because he's a lot fun he's a lot funnier to me now than he was friggin' fifteen years ago. You know? But, I mean, I think it's because it's more mature, his comedy now. I mean, what did I know of him? Half-Baked, which is a stoner movie, you know? Which, while I've seen it and everything, you know, it's it's still at its heart just a stoner movie, you know? Right. And, uh, but but I thought, it, but it's because now he's reached middle age, so his stuff has changed, you know? So it's, I don't know. You ever see, if you ever seen a Louis CK standup special which i saw a few years ago at HBO. You can probably go look it up on HBO on demand. And um you know occasionally just on regular HBO they'll show like a 20-year-old comedy special in the middle of the night. And well now that they got 20 HBOs or whatever yeah, it is, right, you know. Right. And i remember seeing this and it was him like in the 90s and it was so weird because it wasn't anything like the Louis CK that we all know of. He was like doing his, you know, your standard, like kind of classic stand up type of stick, you know, like he like he hadn't found his voice yet, you know, okay. and and um, not saying David Chappelle didn't find his voice because the Chappelle show was his voice. But like as far as it relates to, and I did like some of a lot of stuff on the Chappelle show, but as far as being like a real like, you know. Legitimate comedian, as far as like having an impact and really meaning some shit, what he's doing now is better to me than that stuff was, in my opinion. You know? But, but it's arts. We all get to have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, it, it, no. it,
0: in, in looking at some of that other Chappelle show stuff in, in retrospect, I think he had, he had an idea that, that that's what he wanted to do i think he needed the time to refine it right because i think some of that stuff is is smart social commentary like the uh
1: oh yeah he had lots the racist um clansmen. yeah the blind the, the black the, yeah the, the blind yes. black clansmen, yeah. yes yeah. yes and they're doing the pbs documentary about right. him or
0: whatever right
1: so, but uh, but I, yeah and he does it and they they never had the heart to tell him he was black because he's so committed to the cause he'd kill himself for something yes, exactly
0: <laughs> so i think but you're right over time that stuff matures you know what i mean and he doesn't have to yeah. do it in a character he can do it himself
1: yeah yeah i mean his show was great commentary the one where he was gone around you ever see the one where he's with wayne brady Driving around, and it turns out that Wayne Brady's like a friggin' gangster. Like they go do a drive by, and he's friggin' <laughs> dealing drugs and shit. And he's like scared of how friggin' uh, how criminal Wayne Brady is. <laughs> right, right.
0: Because at the time, nobody was more Lily Gilded than than.
1: uh, Yeah, Wayne uh, Brady's what? still a punchline for all that shit. Right, you know. Right. I mean, hell, he played Neil Patrick Harris's friggin' stepbrother on um how I met your mother, which is the whitest TV show ever made, I believe. <laughs> you know? Uh, <laughs> uh so so yeah, and the racial draft. That was really yes, good. Yes, you know? yes, yes, yes. He, he he did a lot of stuff. I just didn't think he was the you know, I thought the Chris Rock show was better. Yeah. But then again, you know, Chris Rock, all that shit was coming out when I was in college. You know, so that's Probably a lot of the difference, you know, but anyway, so he comes out and and so after he finally starts talking, he's like, he's like, well, what we're doing here tonight's a great social experiment. He's like, uh, I'm doing this show and Chris rocks actually doing my show. That's opening tonight in Austin, Texas. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. That's good. Which is funny. Can you imagine if they actually pulled that shit? People, there were people that would have been revolting. Oh my God.
0: But you know what? (laughs) Like I would have had so much respect because, what's what's the one thing I love more than anything else when it comes to comedy? Surprise inside joke. Like oh, the inside the inside joke, joke yes. to me is the funniest wow. thing yeah, the that you can do. <laughs> right, because it's inside. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> Uh, I mean, there's shit it's on this like, show, so, there's so, shit everywhere. on this
0: podcast, right, that, that you know, I'll listen back in editing or I'll listen back to, you know, when I'm just kind of driving around doing some quality control on it um, that I get a kick out of because, they're, you know, they're just little inside jokes that, that either yeah, only yeah. You and I get or even sometimes it's just me. But for those two yeah, guys, yeah. for those two guys to pull that off, um, would be that, that to me, would have been, fen- That to, to me, that would go down in like, uh, you know, the history of comedy.
1: You know, that's like, I don't know, that's like if Paul McCartney walked out on the stage in a Fish concert, you're never seeing that fucking again, no. You, no. you know, <laughs> so already I was happy. You know, so he's out there for like 20 or 25 minutes, and in the middle of a joke, freaking Chris Rock comes out. You know, like in the middle of a joke he was making, Rock walks out, and then they just start gone at it, man. And like after a little bit, you know, probably after, you know, they went off for like 90 minutes, but after a while while they're up there, Dave Chappelle's like, Well, I'm going to walk off, you know, because obviously he's thinking, Well, Chris Rock's going to do his routine. And Chris Rock's like, Hey, man, he's like, He's like, "Don't go anywhere, just stay." Yeah. So how long? All rest of the show together. Ninety minutes. There's probably like ninety minutes, dude, of them up there before he goes.
0: All right, why don't we get the show started?
1: <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm saying they went for ninety minutes. I'm saying it was like, it might have been like thirty or forty minutes in when he was like gonna, oh, oh, oh. friggin' walk yeah, off. Okay. And Chris, was still, like,
0: don't go anywhere, right? Still thirty minutes. Yeah. Like that's free yeah. thirty that's a free thirty minutes that you can't get anywhere,
1: yeah, it was it was friggin it was amazing, you know, it was like you know you're watching something uh unique, yeah, uh, so it was really cool, and um, I mean, I don't know what it, I imagine a lot of his new stand up has to be about the divorce and the shay's been gone through the last two years. Because basically, as far as I know, you know, that movie Top 5 came out in late 2014. You know, then it was like a month later or so. I think I remember reading about him getting divorced and then, you know, didn't really hear much about from him or anything until, you know, maybe he's been in some movies or whatever, you know, because isn't he like in those Madagascar movies and shit like that? Yeah, he
0: has a lot of voice. Wait,
1: didn't he do a movie –
0: he did a movie called I Think I Love My Wife, right?
1: Yeah, but that was years ago. Oh, that –
0: okay. Did that have anything to do with his – was that semi-automatic auto did he write that?
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's – I think that's probably – I think that's probably stuff that he might have actually come up with, you know? Okay. Maybe not totally all his, but I think he had a lot of input and in that type of stuff because I'm sure that's all shit he was gone through. You know, I mean, he went through – see, what I think was going on, like if you look at his career, he's kind, he's he was kind of in the wilderness for the past decade and a half. You know, there's a long gap between his last like major stand-up tour and big-time specials like on HBO till now. Right. You know? So I'm sure that's why he was – you know, he made a lot of movies like that, where he was, you know, stuff that was more introspective, and you know, he was trying to transition to a different. Oh, it's, it's almost like trying to go the Steve Martin route or something, you know? Yeah, you know, Steve Martin used to be like a wild and zany comedian, and then all of a sudden, you know, one day he's not making anything like that anymore. Right, playing banjo. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So and. I- Think since the divorce, this is like Chris Rock going on tours. Like, I'm I'm back. You know, you know what I'm yeah. saying. Now he was married for a long time. Like, it was like 14 years or something, 15, something like that. It was a long 96. time. 96. Because he's got kids who are like 13 or 14. Yeah. Well, it says since 96 he's 96, been married. He was married. Yeah. Okay, so he was married for basically 16 years. And I oh, know 18, 18 years. years. Was his wife yeah. famous? Uh, I don't believe no, so. Jesus. Yeah, his wife would only be famous by being Chris Rock's wife. Okay. Which is funny because that was one of the first thing, one of the first things that Chappelle asked him. He's like, "Well, how much money did you have to to give to your wife?" And he's he's like, "Let's put it this way, my ex made more money off of comedy than Cat Williams." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's uh, good yeah that's good so he's gone off you know and just talking about everything talking about dating and he's talking about you know how it costs so much more to date women now he's like you know because he's ta- he's basically talking about dating women like in their 40s and shit you know like women closer to his age yeah. and he's he's like you can't just take them to miami they want to go you know, they need to go to France or somewhere for the vacation, you know, or the Caribbean or some shit. He's like, it costs so much more to date these women. He's like, a 25-year-old, it costs $63 a year to date them. <laughs> you know, you know? <laughs> I mean, it, it it's fucking true, though, you know? Like, an older woman, you got to spend so much more money on impressing her. She, she expects a hell of a lot more, especially if you're Chris Rock, you know? Um, so he's talking about all that. And he, one thing that was pretty funny was, um, he was, t- he's got a Tinder profile, you know? And he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, he's, and she was like, you got a Tinder profile? He's like, yep. Yeah, my profile pictures me hosting the Oscars, you know? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> oh. he, he, and he's, uh, he says, yeah, he's like, uh. He's like, and people get on me because they're like, why are you using your real name? People going to want to date you just because you're Chris Rock. And he's like, but I am Chris Rock. <laughs> he's like, what do you want me to put? You want me to say I'm Cedric the Entertainer?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so is this a bit that he's doing or is this, just, they're just kind of riffing?
1: Yeah. I mean, what I, what I think it was, I, and I, and I didn't talk to anybody that went to the shows the next two nights or whatever, but I'm sure there'll be a special when he's done with this tour that will come out, you know. So I'm sure a lot of it's going to be him talking about marriage and getting divorced and all that shit. But it was kind of like him and just friggin', um you know, him and Chappelle just going back and forth about a lot of that shit about uh, relationship stuff.
0: Yeah, and, you uh, know, what? it's probably a lot easier to deliver that material in a dialogue.
1: yeah. Yeah, but um, what, the, you know, and he was talking about the stuff that, you know, like that did his marriage in. And he's like, I cheated on three women over the course of a year because I guess he still was gone around doing shows and stuff because I know people that have seen him in concert. Like, I know somebody down here. I know said he saw him at Bonnaroo a few years ago. So I know he's still doing, it, but I don't think he was doing like. I don't think he had done, like, a full-fledged, straight-up tour in a long time, you know? Right. Um, But he was saying, the, uh, you know, he, he's like three in one year. He's like, you know, some people, <laughs> yeah. whereas people, like, surprised that that's all he did, you know? Like, for Chris Rock, he could cheat more than three fucking times. Right, right. You know? But he's saying who he cheated with? And yeah, Chappelle's like, "Well, who who was it with?" And he's like, "One was a Sephora girl from Syracuse, yeah. <laughs> which is funny, you know." Um, and Syracuse must be a hot spot on the comedy tour because in one of those Chappelle new Netflix specials, he's talking about doing a show in Syracuse uh, recently where a, a feminist woman approached, charged him on. At, at the stage and start yelling at him and shit, some encounter he had with her. So, Syracuse must be a hot stop on the comedy trail. Yeah, I guess, uh, you
0: know, I, major university city.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess so. It's just kind of funny, you know? Um, and then he said, uh, he's like, and then a uh, Miss Kansas City, and Javelle jumps in, he's like, Miss Kansas City? He's like, that's not even a good city to be the Miss from. <laughs> It's like it's like Miss Milwaukee, you know. It's like it's like how horrible is that? Miss Kansas City, and then and then and then Chris Rock's like. And then third one was a former member of Destiny's Child, but it wasn't Beyonce. He's like, as if I gotta tell you people, it's not Beyonce. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and ah, uh, it was pretty funny. And you know, then they're going back and forth talking about you know the issues of the kids and shit. You know. It's, I don't know I can't remember everything that was said but I know I was laughing my ass off as it was gone on you know right, right was that
0: was that the majority of it like his just what he's been up yeah, to Yeah, a lot of
1: it was like the introspection type of shit, you know, and then just like them talking about basically life in general and I don't know near the end, you know um and it and like we we're talking about the progression of comedians, and it really made me think. Because it was when I was there, I was thinking, uh, and that's when I was thinking, well, yeah, this makes sense because Chappelle is kind of like the heir to Chris Rock. But near the end of it, you know, Chappelle, like, as they're wrapping up, Chappelle's like, you know, this is probably one of the most fly things I ever did, you know? He's like, the only thing that could make this better is if, like, Eddie Murphy came down from the rafters right now. <laughs> and I was thinking, yeah, well, that is the progression, basically, right there. You know, because Eddie Murphy to Chris Rock, Who are, you know, who are both on SNL, you know, and they're both basically separated by 10 years. You know, it's actually they're probably separated by less than that because Eddie Murphy was like only 19 when he got on the SNL. So, uh, Eddie Murphy's really fucking young for a guy that's been around for as long as he has been, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'd be surprised Um, if he is, if he's much older than 60.
1: Yeah, he's in his 50s. I'm pretty sure. Because he was 19 when he got on SNL, I believe. And he got on like in 1980 or 81, probably. And I know you're Googling this right now. Man, so
0: man.
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, let's see. So 1980, you are correct. He's 56. So he was 19. Yeah, yeah. He's 19.
1: Yep. Yeah, I just always remember that from one of those uh, Barbara Walters specials about Eddie Murphy when I was a kid, you know, one of the profiles, you know. He got on to Saturday Live at 19 years old. (laughs) (laughs) And it's always like the standard because, you know, he's like a prodigy. And Even Chris Rock was kind of a prodigy like that, you know, because he's a guy that started out very young. Chappelle was a prodigy like that. So it is kind of like the progression, you know. And I guess if you think about it, a Murphy like followed up friggin, you know, he followed up friggin prior, you know. So it was pretty cool to see that because, you knew, and especially the way Chappelle, you know, the, she said at the answer, so you knew you definitely were seeing something unique, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, something complete, really rare, you know? Um, you know, he addressed some issues when he was talking alone, when he was up there alone doing Zach Chappelle addressed issues about Cosby and then, Rock was saying stuff about Cosby to him because, uh, and also Chappelle talked about some of the feminist stuff because I, I guess for the Netflix specials, he took a lot of flack because he made a lot of comments about Cosby and he made some stuff that pissed feminists off. And I only saw it afterwards and I was like, oh, okay, now I What get did
0: it. he say? Yeah. Like in defense of
1: Cosby? No, not at all. Like, um, well, one of the thing the girl that charged him at the at the Syracuse show he was making jokes about Cosby he was saying you know about him raping people and this girl's like you know he's talking about the feminist that charged him now we're talking about the Netflix special you know uh and she's like we suffered and he's like you know it was a white lady you know so his point is like we suffered he's like he's like motherfucker uh I suffered. He's like, we're going to play this game of comparative suffering. He's like, let's get this straight. It's like, uh, you know, I know women have had problems, but as a black man, we have suffered and y'all are in on the fucking heist, you know, <laughs> talking about slavery. you know? And, he, and he's like, and, and he's talking about basically the reason he was gone off about Cosby and why it's part of his routine. He, and he's saying, he's like, He's like, you know, the idea that I'm a black uh, comedian who looked up the Bill Cosby my whole life, uh, and now you find this out about him, you don't think that means something to me? You don't think that has an impact on me? You know, like, basically, like, shut down with your business giving me shit making fun of Cosby and – to. Discounting the effect of rape and stuff, because the real reason I'm doing it is because it had such an impact on me that one of my heroes is actually a fucking serial rapist. Right. You know? Right. So because like in that Netflix special, he's gone off about it. He's like, he's talking about all this shit that was happening in the 60s. He's like, John F. Kennedy came around, you know, and then then all these assassinations happened. And he's like, you know, it's like this big impactful thing about culture in the 60s. He's like, and during that time, friggin' uh, Bill Cosby raped 54 women. <laughs> and then he's like, he's like, if you took away 30 of those rapes, it'd still be 24 rapes. And that's a hell of a lot of women to rape. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I guess all that kind of shit really. And he says other stuff in their specials that pissed off feminists and stuff. And then it pissed off the Cosby apologists. So I don't know, I, I I thought it was I thought he was brilliant out that night, even though I didn't know exactly what he was talking about. They were talking about I don't know. You, have you heard of the movie Get Out?
0: Yes, 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 yes.
1: All right, I actually did see that. Jordan, Jordan, one of his buddies and I went to see that like a week or two after it had come out. You know, and um, you know the plot of the movie basically. It's these wealthy rich people that are friggin' stealing black men to steal black people, not men, men and women to basically steal their brains, basically, you know, or st- steal their uh, bodies. That's what it is, you know, whatever they're trying to, you know, that's it's like a body snatchers type of thing, you know, Okay. so he made, he made some jokes about that, you know, because they're talking about white people and all that type of stuff. And then, you know, my buddy next to me. Another sign that he's a not only married with a child and everything that he's a white guy he's like he's like, "What's get out which yeah. is <laughs> <laughs> kind of surprise because I don't hang out with the guy too much anymore, but you know when we first I've been buddies with this guy for like eighteen years or so now, and it's like when we first met, he definitely would have known what that movie was right you right, know right if it had come out at the time you know it's just that he's he's you know, it's a different world when you're like a family dude, you know? you're So, like, I am clueless on a lot of pop culture. But, like, if you're a married guy with a five- or six-year-old kid, you know, in your late 30s, you're re- and you're living in the suburbs, you're really out to launch on the zeitgeist, you know? Right, right. <laughs> But, you know, and then they ended, and I stayed there for a little bit, but everybody started walking out. I was like, I guess I'm not going to do an encore, which is weird, but they didn't, you know, because everybody just walked out of there and the, the house lights went on everything. Because every time, you know, I mean, I know definitely both times I've seen Louis C.K., he does an encore. Yeah, I, was, and I think a lot of comedians do encores. I always
0: find comedy uh, encores to be awkward. I'm surprised they do them regularly. Yeah.
1: Well, they like I know when Louis CK came last time when I saw him and he did the encore, he came out and said he was, you know, the encore was new material that he's still working on, you know. So he's like, Well, here's they're whole, they're always holding back shit because they're always working, you know. See, I saw
0: Brian, uh, Brian Regan. And he came out to do an encore, and the audience just started yelling things. And I'd never seen him. I'd never seen him live, so I I was like, what's going on here? And he's like, what? Say eight? Say eight? Okay, all right, I'll do say eight. I'll say eight. He's like, that's kind of funny when you come out to do an encore, and the audience tells you what joke they want you to tell. So it was one of his bits that that didn't make it into the show.
1: And, and that guy's been on the road for like 30 years now, so I guess, it, you know, and he's a big draw, so, you know, that must be the way it always operates, Yeah, and, you
0: know? and he just does the bit, and then it's over, you know? Um, yeah. But to me, a comedy show is like, you know, building to a crescendo. Yeah. You know, those yeah. ups and downs well, and waves, and to come out to do it, you know, a 10-minute, you know, encore or whatever, but if it, if it's new material, then I get it then then that makes sense.
1: Yeah, well, I was thinking, you know, well, maybe he's going to do an encore since he didn't do any of his own stand-up by himself to begin with, you know? Right. But, but no, it was pretty clear right away that there wasn't going to be an encore. Mm. So, you know, we all just walked out of there because they're not going to come out for the 10 people that are sitting around waiting for this. right? <laughs> you know? That would have been great, though, if they and did. You know, the other thing is, I think it's a different crowd, you know? It has to be. Cause like you go see Louis CK, even though it was at a, you know, I don't know how many seats were in that theater, you know, but you know, it's where they were doing all the, the big stuff, like the, the Broadway type of stuff while this theater was being renovated after the hurricane. So it's got a seat, probably, you know, an approximation, a a reasonable approximation of the one that I saw Chris Rock in, you Mm know, but, but, I don't know, I guess I guess maybe because uh, Louis C.K., even though he sells out and he's really popular, maybe he's just more of a comedian's comedian. So people that are coming to that are more acclimated to the idea that they're going to sit there and wait for him to come out. You Because know? some people get up and walk out, just like you go to a music show and there's always people that walk out before the encore, even though you just know, even before you ever have gone to a music concert in your life, you know about the encore. Right, right. You know, I mean, you know about fucking lighters and all that bullshit, you know, it's shit you grow up knowing, you know, but people still walk out of that stuff, you know, Um, but most people sat there, whereas like this show, you know, it was like right away people were flooding out of the theater, you know, I don't know. Interesting. So, but then the thing is you had to get the phone unlocked, you know, they had people just hovering in the lobby with those things, you know, like. Because I was like, how the fuck are we going to do this? Is everybody going to stand in line? But they just had roving people with the phone lockup company or whatever. You know, it's gone around and you go and put your phone on, you know, with like the mobile things for you to um, unlock the phone and take it out, yeah. you know?
0: Man, the labor costs on the security for that show
1: must have been through the roof. Yeah, well, I guess that's why the tickets were fucking 120 f- ranged from. 60 to 125 dollars you know yeah yeah Wow. like when i saw louis ck the best seats in the house were like 60 dollars (laughs) yeah all
0: right all right but it sounds like it was worth it man sounds like you had a great time
1: oh definitely was worth it like you know i got home that night and i texted those guys um you know into the group Text for the baseball league, and I was like, "See, this is way much better than draft." They didn't really <laughs> respond. You know? I mean, a lot of those guys are racist anyway, and they would never go see that shit as it is. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> they're not all—they're not dudes I grew up right. with. But
0: <laughs> uh, very good, very good. But not
1: all, of but um, but yeah, the next morning. You know there was shit like a noel dot because they did allow. I guess they allowed the press to take photographs and shit, but they didn't allow them really to. You know they had to agree about what they would talk about, so they weren't allowed to talk about much that was said in the show. Okay. You know, they were just able to show that, and I think that's you know people saw all that shit. They saw the new the, the the pictures and the news articles. People and then everybody mm-hmm. wanted to go. All of a sudden, everybody wanted to go see the Chris Rock show the next two nights. You know. Sure. Uh, Apples to apples,
0: tighter security in Chris Rock or the Price is Right?
1: Tighter security in Chris Rock, (laughs) although Price is Right was, you know, they were more like the Louis C.K. thing, more vigilant about going after you for the phones. But the Chris Rock thing was probably way more expensive, but it was way more efficient. All right. You I mean, think about how hard it is to go policing everybody with a phone around rows that are sometimes like 50 seats long. (laughs)
0: Right, Right. right. Right.
1: Yeah, maybe not 50 seats long, but it's like, they're pretty long fucking rows. Oh, like, I was saying, like, there was like six or seven seats right in front of us, like a whole, like a shitload of, might even be more than that, it's like, it's like, man, this is weird. I was like, well, I guess these are tickets that just never got sold, you know? Like, like because the day of, there was still a hundred something. Yeah, you know, I think it. I think like not long before the show, I think there there was still like hundred seventy something tickets available or something for the show, you know? But then, talking about people stragglers, but once Chris Rock came on, or right before right before David Chappelle came on, people got in those seats, and it's like. Oh, that blows me away because I know those people didn't pay nothing for those tickets, you know, because those were the expensive tickets the row in front of us. Yeah. You know, because expensive as my seats, I, I don't know. I guess maybe, I don't know if I'm a cheapskater or what, but I wouldn't pay $125 to miss half the show. They got in in time for Dave Chappelle? Yeah, but what I'm saying is they probably didn't know that when they showed up at 8.30. You know, for a show that was supposed to start at seven, um, you, know, you thought they were going to be walking in on Chris Rock already doing these acts. No, I, I bet just,
0: I bet that they, they they got there about eight, and they realized, they peeked in, and they saw that it was still the opening acts, and I bet they just stood out and had a bunch of cocktails and stuff.
1: No, I mean, they were a bunch of idiots, but anyway, they showed up at eight for a show that was starting at seven. <laughs> That's idiots. That's like the assholes that come in the second half to a to a sporting event.
0: <laughs> all right, all right. Listen, people, listen, people. Underdressed over here. Not punctual uh,
1: over here. <laughs> no, you. No, dude. Have you ever been like, because I know you've had to have this happen to you. Because, like, you go to, like, a basketball game, f- baseball game, whatever. And there's... Not people sitting around you're like, "Oh, well, are you with a couple of people?" And you're like, "We can spread out a little bit or we can take a little better seats." And that motherfucker might show up in the second quarter or like the fourth inning and you're like, "You don't get to come just kick me out of the seat when you show up this late to the fucking game, asshole?" Oh, I
0: never I never <laughs> self-upgrade my seat.
1: <laughs> I'm talking about when you're already in a row like maybe you'll space out or something, you know? Uh You never have a Never had that happen.
0: Yeah, I um, mean, yeah, um, yeah, like, so I take the seat next to me because it's open?
1: Yeah, you don't, and you don't look at disdain as those people that show up. Well, last week I was at a Pelicans game with my brother, and let me tell you, Pelicans aren't selling out to begin with, and they're definitely not selling out fucking game 76 or whatever it is for a team that's not gone to the playoffs. No, we're sitting there. We're behind the hoop because my friend gave me your tickets, you know, and they're, they're at a lower level behind the hoop. But, um, there are so many seats. You could just say, I'm going to sit wherever, like in the third quarter, these girls show up first. They sit down next to my brother to the, to, you know, who's to the left of me. And then they're like, mind you, there are literally tens of empty seats around us. Then they're like, Oh wait, this isn't our seats. And they come down, and they scoop past me, and they, even though there's multiple empty seats next to me, the two of them, they sit right next to me. I was like, you really could have sat wherever the fuck you want. You know, it's like, you're really going to sit here with a gap of like six seats next to you just because technically this is your seat?
0: <laughs> you get where I'm coming from? Yeah, but I, I say, well, that's their seat. That's how I look at it. That's, a, that's
1: uh, I, I have no patience for people that don't show up to shit on time. I I don't mean on time like a little late, egregiously late. The third fucking quarter, you know.
0: See, no, I would care if they were you know traipsing down you know the row, blocking my view three quarters into the game in the middle of a play. You know, if you're interrupting yeah. or disrupting my enjoyment, then then yes, then I have a problem. But for the sake of
1: their enjoyment,
0: ah, who fuck cares?
1: Yeah, but that's poor fan etiquette in my book. If it's, so if it's disrupting See if I was the asshole that showed up in the third quarter and there were five seats next to me and I could just face I'm like, yeah, I'll probably leave this. This guy's been enjoying one full fucking half with an empty seat next to him with free reign of the armrest. <laughs> I'll give it to him. <laughs> but that's because I have better etiquette than those people. I mean, to some extent, but I mean, where were your seats?
0: What? Where were your seats?
1: My seats, I was in the seat that I was belonging in, but but I got there friggin' 10 minutes before tip-off. You yeah. Know? You always go to seat your assigned before the game starts, don't you? Yes, always. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe if it's like way later in the game and you had shit in your seats and you could sneak down, like, you know. If you could sneak down to better seats if I was like in the nosebleeds or something, yeah, big deal. But you gotta wait a little bit for that. I wouldn't do that right away, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's a given. I don't I don't like to do that because it's just too much hassle, too much anxiety for me, you know. What if I've picked the seat that somebody just happens to be you know, at the bathroom or they asked for my ticket. That's my biggest concern. Is it the the,
1: the fear of being asked for your yeah, ticket? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. The yeah, institution. Okay.
1: Well, I mean I'm talking I wouldn't be doing it if it looked fair, but if it was like And listen, I have no problem with people. If there was ten thousand people in the arena, there's eighteen thousand seats, I wouldn't have any qualms about doing it. But yes, if you're like at an arena, like say you're at Madison Square Garden and there how many people is a seat? Twenty thousand or something? Yeah, whatever yeah. it is, and only nineteen thousand that night. Yeah, you're taking a risk, and I don't think I would do that. You know, and, but uh, don't get me wrong;
0: I have no problem if somebody does do that. That's my approach. Yeah, my approach and
1: upgrades their own
0: seats. My yeah. approach to live events is, is 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 by the book. I got my ticket. Buy my
1: ticket. My approach to sporting events is, uh. You know, you you should, even if you got the right to tell somebody to move over, you should recognize you're an asshole if you show up really late. Like, what I hate that I see is, like, go to a football game and somebody starts, you know, they come in, they act all haughty. Oh, sorry, these are my seats. And it's like, there's two minutes left in the first half, and you're going to come acting like an an asshole? You know, <laughs> like, you should be apologetic. <laughs> because you know if you got an empty seat right there and it's you've sat there through almost the whole half you should know that somebody that's doing that's probably thought they had the seat to themselves you know yeah but you get what i'm saying the, the attitude has a lot to do with it too
0: yeah sure i mean if somebody comes down and they're all indignant like Hey, you know, you're yeah, stealing sometimes
1: as people are because the type of person that shows up late to a sporting event like that is an asshole. Generally,
0: that's a sweeping generalization
1: <laughs> people that don't have any respect for fucking schedules are assholes. I will say that much,
0: you know, yeah, but you don't know. Maybe they're, they were sitting up at, uh, in a suite. You
1: seem like a guy that shows up to a lot of uh, games in the third quarter. <laughs> <laughs> not, not at
0: all, not at all. But I also, I also go to a game to enjoy the game, and I know what yeah. I need to do to enjoy the game. The people around me have no effect of on me in that, in that now area.
1: When we were at Meadowlands Stadium, we we weren't sitting all like right in our seats. You know, we spread a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. No. Right. Now, some guy came and kicked us out after that friggin' uh, uh, lightning delay. Wouldn't you have been like, seriously?
0: Yeah. Well, probably because I was drunk. Yeah, I would have been. You know, I would have, I would have played with him a little bit. But, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, but in that particular instance, there is room.
1: Just because you're right doesn't mean you're
0: correct. There is room for everybody.
1: Yeah, there's room for everybody. But I'm saying just because somebody has the right to do something doesn't make it correct, you know?
0: Yeah, you what, know what, I'm, what saying. I'm saying is I don't let it bother me. It doesn't affect my experience of the game. What if they had come on time and sat next to you? That would have been fine. I'd have no
1: problem with that.
0: So, So why can't you look at that seat? half empty as opposed to half full that you got a half of the game with extended leg room. That's how I would look at it
1: cuz they easily could cause they could have easily moved one seat over and just left it there. I just find it weird. I okay,
0: don't know. Now, it's like a now, person now, listen, that goes into
1: I don't a, it's like a person that goes into a half empty theater and sits right next to you.
0: I don't disagree that it's weird. Don't you find that weird? I don't I, by no means do I disagree do I think it's not weird why wouldn't as yes. the other person why wouldn't you want the added benefit why wouldn't the girl want the added benefit of the extra leg room
1: exactly so or and the, and not share the friggin armrest with me
0: you know yeah no i think that's i think that's strange but but i don't necessarily think that that's an egregious social ill
1: i believe it's an egregious social i put it on par with somebody that comes and sits next to you in an empty movie theater <laughs> that you don't know
0: well then on that note, on that note
1: <laughs> we won't have to agree to disagree uh, 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 with apologies to
0: Gert's brother <laughs> we will see you guys next week
1: oh, happy listening Fredo